Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Faces of TBI podcast series, the number one podcast for brain injury and concussion resources. I am Amy Zellmer, founder of FacesofTBI.com and your host. Today, I will be chatting with Amanda Burl about self-advocacy. This episode is brought to you by Integrated Brain Centers. Located in Denver, Colorado, Drs. Shane Stedman and Perry Maynard are experts in, in functional neurology and treat complex concussion cases from around the country. With over 20 years of combined experience, they are leaders in helping patients who are suffering from post-concussion symptoms, including dizziness, vertigo, headaches, dysautonomia, and more. For your free consultation, you can find them online at integratedbraincenters.com. Hello, I am Amy Zalmer, and you're listening to Faces of TBI, a podcast series for survivors by survivors, raising awareness about traumatic brain injury, one podcast at a time. Those of you who might not know who I am, I am a TBI survivor from a fall on the ice in February of 2014. I'm a frequent contributor to the Huffington Post, Thrive Global, and the Goodman Project, and I am author of Life with a Traumatic Brain Injury, Finding the Road Back to Normal, available on Amazon. Additionally, I'm editor-in-chief of the Brain Health Magazine, and you can grab a free digital subscription at thebrainhealthmagazine.com. And I want to take a moment to remind you all to save the date for March 16th for my virtual Brain Injury Awareness Day event. You can register for free at facesoftbi.com slash event. You can learn more about me and the podcast series at facesoftbi.com. And you can also follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Amy Zalmer. And don't forget to join my private Facebook group, Amy's TBI Tribe to connect with other survivors, caregivers, and loved ones. Today, my guest is Amanda Burl, and Amanda grew up in Maine and studied archaeology at Boston University before serving eight years in the United States Navy. She later obtained a culinary arts grand diploma from Le Cordon Bleu, a master's from Columbia University Graduate School of Journalism, and studied wine while living in France. She is a two-time Ironman triathlete, 19-time marathoner, and has climbed four of the world's seven summits. Amanda works in media, is a frequent traveler, and having a complex history of TBI, neck injury, and post-concussion syndrome raises awareness around recovery and adaption. So welcome to the podcast, Amanda. I, I, I can say I'm pretty sure you are officially the first person I've ever had on who has climbed four of the world's seven summits. So that's super cool. Oh. Well, thanks for having me. Yeah, so welcome. I'm really excited to chat with you today. Um, you know, why don't we just start by having you share with our listeners your kind of your TBI history. I know you, you have a history of complex TBIs. So um, why don't you kind of give us the Cliff Notes version of what your history is? <laughs> sure. Uh, let's definitely go Cliff Notes. Um, so I had a couple concussions when I was young, and I never had ongoing symptoms. So I have always been an athlete, but um, it was my first deployment when I was in the military that I had a fall and um, didn't really regard it as something important. I was concerned with my neck pain, um, and that just 
started uh, a lot of unraveling over the next couple of years that I didn't necessarily equate to that fall. Uh, I also, when I got back from a deployment, it was um, kind of uh, insisted that maybe I had just been traumatized by being deployed. Um, so I went a pretty long time crashing bikes and figuring out how to live with my new normal. And a lot of things did improve. So that's the, the start of my brain injury journey. Um, and I learned to adapt a lot. I never was fully acknowledged as having had um, even a concussion, much less TBI. And then, so a lot of the choices I made in my life were some of those things you named, going to culinary school. Well, I couldn't go to law school because I had so much trouble reading, things like that. But I, I do like to talk to adapt about adaptation because it's a huge part of my story. Um, but it was actually while I was getting my master's degree towards the end that I tripped and fell and had another head injury that helped reveal the fact that I'd had the first one. Now that second one was the one that um, really messed up my cervical spine. I ended up having surgery eventually. We tried really hard to not have surgery, but um, and it blew a hole in my retina. And um, I eventually had the right scans that showed all of this brain damage, essentially, and that my brain had bled and all of this evidence that this long road had an explanation. Um, but interestingly, and I know a lot of people uh, who have suffered or sustained head injuries uh, can relate, sometimes when you go through that acute phase of therapy and recovery and rehabilitation, you don't quite feel right. And after I went through rehabilitation for um, all of the things, you know, the key players, vision, vestibular, uh, cog rehab, speech, which was a, a very long process, um, you know, I, I still had my hand raised saying, better. Like, I remember what better was. And that was when I was 23 years old. I remember what it's like to think straight and read and feel uh, physically capable and coordinated. Um, and that's, it took a while, but that's when I started to learn um, about this whole post-concussion syndrome thing, because that's what it was to me at the time. And I still was very, very bad at um, doing anything that involved um, reading for research. <clears throat> so it's ironic that I am a journalist, but I go do all these culinary and travel things and write about them. Um, and the oh, reading and writing bad. are two different parts of the brain. So that makes exactly. sense to me. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and it didn't make sense to a lot of the people I was working with at the time. And the interesting thing was I couldn't really read uh, for comprehension. You know, I can answer a text or something. Please, right. You know, don't text mm -hmm. me a long text. But um, but I couldn't even go back and read what I wrote for comprehension. You know, I could go back and look at, okay, is this grammar? Because, um, and, and, you know, there's so much science behind this. But um, And it made sense that I gravitated towards the kind of work that I was doing. Um, and then, unfortunately, I was in an accident and had another concussion. And it almost was like a nail in the coffin on um, some of the, the vision stuff. But thankfully, I was still like very, um, I hadn't suffered any exercise intolerance like I had in the past. And it was, it was just my mission to go climb this other mountain. Um, and, you know, COVID started and then I had an accident and I had another concussion. So I've been really in it lately. Been the last 
uh, since June that I have not only understood more about post-concussion syndrome, but started making all the steps to, you know, schedule the right appointments and start talking to the right uh-huh. people. Um, but, you know, 18 years has been a really long time to hold on. And I just had my first uh, full evaluation with um, in the functional neurology world. But it's been a long wow. time coming. And, yeah, so that's, I guess that's the cliff notes of what's gone down. <laughs> you know, and, you know, I recently had Kelsey Boyer on and she was like, it shouldn't be so hard to find the right help. Like, it should not mm-hmm. take 18 years, you know, for me, it was two and a half. And that seems like forever. Um, You know, it shouldn't be so hard to find the resources. And, um, you know, I guess that's why I'm so passionate about what I do. But it, you know, it just it shouldn't be this hard. Um, I want to back up. You had mentioned you finally had the right imaging done. And I'm curious if that was like a spec scan or an fMRI. What what type of imaging did you have? Right. So the imaging that changed my case from uh, Amanda has all these mental issues and has, you know, had a couple concussions to, oh, Lord, was the MRI with BTI um, and all the areas of axonal damage and a lot of sharing in my frontal lobe, um, which it was amazing to me how many people on my team, my team, which had grown to like 30 people because I was chasing down individual symptoms. So, I mean, you could, you've probably heard this before. I had like five GI specialists, um, which, you know, it's all connected to head injury. But that was when there was a large amount of feeling like I'm being taken seriously finally. And they started to not always turn towards mental health because, you know, if you're not sleeping well, a lot of things aren't going right. Well, guess what makes you not sleep well? Your mental health issues. Well, guess what else makes you not sleep well? So that for me was a huge game changer um, just as far as feeling like um, I was being taken seriously. And, you know, that's also when I felt a little more comfortable advocating because there was this nagging little thing in the back of my head because, you know, the system really got to me and I can, I can, I don't want to just dump all over the VA system and the government, but I could. Um, but this, you know, they got to me a little bit with all of this, this telling me that I had depression and anxiety and complex PTSD, you know, ADHD, all of these things, which maybe in some respects I had anybody who hasn't been able to read for over decades going to be a little bit upset if they love to learn. <laughs> but um, that's when I started to feel more confident. And then also, um, try to convert this anger, EMDR was helpful, into useful energy to make sure other people didn't start going down this road of, you know, not, not really writing out um, and investigating their head injury symptoms and, and, if at all possible, not resorting to meds because going on meds is sometimes necessary, but not as a lifelong holding pattern. That's just um, if you haven't explored these other avenues. Mhm. Yeah, and you know, has the VA been of any assistance to you? You know, I hear such mixed reviews. Like some people get amazing right. care for concussion mm-hmm. and other people get none. So <laughs> Right. 
Yeah. So um, there, there's a lot that goes into this. Um, what your record, how well were your records kept while you're on active duty when you got out? Uh, now I have been out for a while and, you know, my record uh, was handwritten because I, I didn't, um, I was, it was back in 2002 that I was commissioned. So the first several years of my record were um, from uh, handwritten notes. Those only got uploaded in 2013 to my record. So it really depends on the wow. kind of exams you have. Now I would argue if you're on active duty now and you have an injury like this, oh, you're golden. You go, you get fixed, you get paid while you get fixed. <laughs> and, um, and, and I mean, it's never a, a happy thing in any way to have a head injury. What happened to me was when I got out of the military, um, a lot of, as we know, symptoms of PTSD and TBI overlap. And I didn't right. understand that I'd been knocked unconscious. I didn't even understand that I'd been found unconscious. So, and that didn't appear in my record until later. Um, and given like sailor stuff, I'm really open about this. When, when people would talk about the time I was passed out, I was like, shut up. Like, I, don't, I thought it was like talking about some port call or something like that. I had no idea that this was a huge puzzle, piece of my puzzle. Um, but what happened to me was when I, uh, I went to culinary school and uh, again, because I was like, what, what can I do that's schoolish, but not reading. Um, and it was at the VA hospital um, once I was out that a lot of my, um, my issues got connected to poor sleep and then, you know, the whole um, balance and feeling like I couldn't drive. And, um, and when they did a PTSD screen, I certainly passed as having PTSD. I was, I was quite traumatized from not feeling like myself for eight years. Um, I just went down that mental health road for a long time. Um, and like, I always joke, thank goodness I fell and had that other injury uh, a couple of years later, because it really did help, um, you know, put everything in perspective. But the big thing, like, I'll give you an example. We, I am diagnosed with, um, it says chronic post-concussion syndrome in my VA record. Um, just three weeks ago, I was on the phone. Now, the VA has five hospitals that are considered polytrauma centers in the United States. Not all VA hospitals are created equal. And that's a thing a lot of veterans don't know. I didn't understand that for a long time. So if you're at a VA hospital who doesn't understand that concept, um, what should have happened to me back in 2014 was that I should have gotten shipped over to uh, one of those five uh, VA hospitals that specialize in polytrauma. They went to take me at Walter Reed because um, as far as they were concerned, I hadn't been uh, hurt on active duty, even though my first injury was. So that's how that happened. In just three weeks, I was talking to um, one of these five VA polytrauma centers. Could you know I'm about to go down this functional neurology road that is very expensive. And um, these are the places that can help with some of that stuff. And based on um, my phone conversation with them alone, I was deemed too functional to go there for treatment. Now, that's the second time I've tried. Uh, and now I understand that um, as if I hadn't put enough money into this situation that I have to go this other route, which is okay. I'll do anything it takes. But that is a three-week-old example of how the VA system failed me yet again. So that's the kind yeah. of stuff people will run into. And if you don't understand the holes, um, like that information would have been huge for me back into 2014, 2015, would have saved me some time. And, you know, it is what it is, but at least I can share information like that in hopes 
that the next person doesn't take so much time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, it is, it's, it's just so frustrating. You, you know, you get caught in this vicious circle, um, it, you know, where traditional medicine isn't helping you, but they're also not referring you. Right. And then right. like functional neurology, um, most insurance doesn't cover it or they might cover a portion of it. Um, you know, so it, you know, you have to go outside the traditional realm to truly get the right treatment. Um, and, and, you know, then it's all out of pocket. So it is, it's, it's just this vicious cycle and it's, it's draining and, you know, especially when you don't learn about it for years, like, oh my gosh, I could have done this years ago and I'd be so much further along in my recovery. It's so frustrating. Right. Well, think about the nature of head injury for, for many, I mean, symptoms are all over the place for everyone, but for many, it's like your innate ability to learn or to read or to do this kind of research or to look at a screen or scroll is compromised, so it's difficult to learn, and a lot of times you don't know, you don't exactly understand what's wrong with you. I've had so mm-hmm. many light bulbs go off as to why X, Y, Z is the way it is. And then the other point is when you're in, uh, when you're in bad shape because you've been injured, it might affect your ability to work. So suddenly there are uh, answers, there are solutions that are dangling in your face. This is what I've been dealing with lately, and. You know, I have a $167,000 neck. <laughs> like, I'm like, oh, my God, I came all this way, and now I'm hitting this other roadblock. And I'm, I'm confident I'll figure it out. But um, it really is, like, I'm not through the fire yet. But um, And I don't talk about it. Like, I don't put it out on social that much. But I have been taking notes. And you might be able to relate from your, uh, from your experience. But sometimes I look around, and I'm like, I've got so much good info hanging around, like, Someday I'm going to put all of this together, like my thousands of pages of notes and trials and tribulations, and just turning on video or photo booth on my laptop and talking about what I'm going through, which over the years, going back to look, it's like, it's, it's nice to see how far I've come, but it's, mm-hmm. you know, it's kind of, it's kind of sad also to see how bad off I was, but um, all of that is, is behind and I try to look forward. You know, you, 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 it sounds like you haven't started your funk neuro yet. Like you've just done the assessment. Is that correct? That is At this cool. point. Yeah. You know, and so it'll be so interesting to connect with you after you do it, because I mean, I was just blown away by all the connections, like how, how my dizziness is connected to my eyes and that's what I have been telling doctors for two years. And they're like, no, no, your eyes are fine. Mm-hmm. And like your balance is connected to your eyes and your ears. I mean, it's just like how the whole system, like, you know, it's like if you drop your laptop on the ground, right? You don't just break mm-hmm. one part of it. You you scramble the whole thing. Um, exactly. So, you know, it it is, it just, I learned so much um, in the funk yeah. neural world and, uh, you know, it's, it's just, it's kind of blow your mind when you start getting into it. And it's right. It's, I don't know. And then after a couple of days and you're feeling better and it's just like, this is all it took. <laughs> you know? right. And again, it's a little oh, frustrating, yeah. but at least you're on the right path. <laughs> yeah, no, I can imagine in my evaluation, it was so funny. I had the, the goggles on. I, I don't, 
I don't really get down on all the, the technical terminology. I'm just like, fix me. Um, I'm wearing the goggles and he's sitting there and he's like, oh, <laughs> and I hear these noises and I'm like, yes. Um, and then uh, everyone who knows this topic knows some of these tests, I assume. Um, I had been given this test a lot where it's like, you know, walk around. I walk around and count back from step, sevens back from like whatever number. Uh, and then, but the what was noted also in my exam was when I dual task the way my hands curl up like I look like a baby T Rex, and mm-hmm. which is, has always been yep your primitive reflexes. <laughs> yeah, well, so I uh, you know to make my ends meet, I also did uh, along with sports came fitness, and so I was fit. So I was doing a lot of modeling, and um, I would have to consciously unfurl my hands like like they were sails or something to pose and when people were taking candid shots of me I would be over there with like looking like some sort of creature lurking in the side like wait can you maybe not use any of these behind the scenes photos so just getting to like some of these whys like that one hasn't been as devastating a setback as my reading issues or my dual tasking issues but learning yep. also about my um, issues with periphery vision and why, I mean, climbing mountains is great and I do love it, but there is a reason why I want to be out above treeline in the wide open. I don't like to look at things. I like to just take in everything because looking at things is harder for me. I'm trying mm-hmm. to, like, to not, I mean, I just get so excited about this stuff because so many things are explained. I'm glad, you know, I always say, um, I definitely chose the outdoors and physicality and um, obviously I love cooking, like experiential stuff. You can easily turn towards uh, other coping mechanisms like alcohol and drugs. And so I try to, I try to really encourage people to get to the bottom. I, I call it root cause. Like what is the root yep. cause of your problems? But otherwise you spend you know, time managing symptoms and coping. And I know this because I've been there for a really long time, but education is power. And that's why, that's why I keep talking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting how you, you just said, you know, you like to be out where you can take everything in and, you know, it'll be interesting people listening, how they relate to that because, you know, there's also like the convergence issues and, you know, you talked about the periphery mm-hmm. and, you know, I know for me in the beginning, being in like a smallish room was really challenging. Like I felt like my eyes didn't know what to do and I totally couldn't explain it. Right. Like I sounded like a mm-hmm. crazy person. Um, but then mm-hmm. to find out it's like the conversion problems that I was having mm-hmm. and, um, you know, just the overwhelm and the overstimulation and um, uh, the dual tasking, like you said, Uh, Mm -hmm. you know, like a lot of that stuff just came back. I wouldn't say really quickly, but, you know, after doing my funk neuro intensive, I would say over the next six to eight months, a lot of the other symptoms went away, um, you know, as I continued Mm -hmm. to do my at-home exercises. And it's just, you just got to free up based on the hard drive, right? Like when your hard drive, your brain, it is doing everything it can to keep you upright and not falling down. Um, It's exerting just so much energy, just keeping you alive, right? right? And then when you can free up more space, it, it can do more for you, like memory and mm-hmm. dual tasking. Um, 
Yeah, it's yeah, it's the brain yeah. is so complex, but yet so cool. <laughs> yeah, and I went through a similar. So for a really long time, um, and you know, I, I'm pretty good at uh, showing the high points because like photos, and I'm not super wordy when it comes to the stuff I put out there yet. Um, but like, what I can't really convey is how long I lived with this singular mission of getting to the next day. Like, get to the next day exercise your face off, feed yourself, like don't get anyone killed. Um, really important <laughs> when you're like standing yeah. battle watches, but it was all about getting to the next day in survival mode, no matter what you're, you're, um, you don't have to be doing like anybody who has had a head injury is probably familiar with just feeling that uh, overactive, you know, sympathetic overdrive. Um, but when I finally started getting that, um, that care, that rehabilitation, it was like, okay, vision's getting better, um, bandwidth opening. Oh, wow, as I've worked on my balance, bandwidth opening. Then speech, when they asked me if I wanted to do a speech about, at first I said no, and I was almost offended. Um, and it was suggested because everything else was so dismal that I just do the speech about. Holy moly, that speech therapy, again, bandwidth opening way up. So even though I'm not all the way there, I go back to before any of that bandwidth opening, I was living in a tiny, tiny, tiny tube. I could hardly see anything. And now it's, it's fairly open. I am, um, I'm excited to go through all the functional neurology stuff. And I, I still call it the functional neurology stuff because it still feels new to me, but um, mm -hmm. I have a feeling I'm like, it's just, I feel so rejuvenated and overjoyed and, you know, this, this functional neurology evaluation was recently. And just today I was out running this morning, you know, I love running and endorphins and all of this stuff. And I was like crying, happy gratitude tears because I don't have to cancel my whole winter. I was like, if I have to cancel winter, I'm going to go do some fun stuff in the snow. I will to get to the bottom of this. And it's not, it's not, um, like this isn't complete rocket science. The answers are out there. And it's funny. He yeah. even said, he's like, this is certainly head injury stuff, but this isn't, this isn't some crazy, like, this isn't atypical. It's just uh, atypical right. for someone to scratch at the door for 18 years. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I think often survivors feel like their case is unique and atypical, um, but it's at, at the root of it all, it's not. It's like every brain injury is so drastically different, but yet the root of it all is the same, right? It's the brain. Absolutely. So. And I have connected with um, one of the, this is something worth talking about. I was really um, struggling for a long time with this, with pretending everything was okay and um, surrounding myself with people who uh, kind of reinforced that Um it, and I had nobody in my personal life. I had a couple friends who had had TBIs um, or acquaintances, I would say. It, and this was, and I, I'm not a consumer of social media, again, the whole words and scrolling thing, but I was able to start searching concussion recovery. And that's how I met so many people. I think that's how I first met you was just getting on social media and being like, okay, I'm going to use this thing to help myself, not just post pictures from like hikes. And uh, the internet has been an amazing resource. I know that when I was at my worst, I wouldn't have found these resources because of, yeah. of how bad I was. 
but that's why we keep talking and we keep telling our stories. But it's so true. I, there are so many people out there I've never even met in person who I feel uh, so much community with because we can relate to the same thing that, yes, is different on many levels, but at the root has so many similarities. Well, Amanda, we are just about out of time. The half hour always just flies by. Um, I would love to wrap up by asking you if you have any, you know, final thoughts for listener listeners, any parting words of wisdom and advice that you would give to someone who is still struggling and maybe even might be 18 years out like you were. Right, right. Um, yeah, I have a, a two-pronged answer to that. And I'd say first, keep your hand raised. That's something that um, as a phrase I've, I've started using recently because um, being told you're fine when you don't feel fine is not acceptable. Uh-huh. And if you do keep your hand raised, you might have to turn to many people. I've seen over 300 doctors. Um, and But eventually keeping that hand raised is going to get you where you need to be. Uh, additionally, I can't not stress enough. Um, I I'm a huge, I call it my men, uh, mindset, exercise, nutrition. I am so into this holistic stuff and it is, um, I mean, I've always been into it to some extent, but since I've given it a lot more attention, even when I'm still needing outside help and I'm still in ongoing recovery, these things have made such a difference for me. Um, Specifically self-talk, the way I talk to myself, because a lot of us come from this you know, uh, tough, tough love, uh, whatever situation. And when I started talking to myself, it was baby steps. When I started pretending I love children, I started pretending I was a young girl. Or going back and talking to like 23-year-old Amanda who got whacked um, and being extra kind and giving compliments when compliments are due, that really changed the game for me. And it sounds like a, a simple little thing, but for me, it was huge. Awesome. Great advice. Well, Amanda, thank you so much for being here today. I really appreciate you taking the time to share with our listeners. Well, Amy, thanks for everything you do for TBI. I I hope to someday be as prolific with whatever it is I decide to do moving forward. Uh, And thank you for having me. Yeah, thank you. And best of luck with your funk neuro treatment. I look forward to watching your uh, journey with that. So thank you for being here and thank you everyone for listening. Um, I hope that you enjoyed today's episode with Amanda Burrell and just another thank you to our sponsor, Integrated Brain Centers. You can find them online at integratedbraincenters.com. And another reminder, you can always find previous podcast episodes on most streaming platforms such as iTunes or directly on facesoftbi.com. And you can also follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Amy Zellmer and post a picture, tag me in it of you enjoying the podcast on Instagram and I will reshare it in my stories. Also, just another reminder to join Amy's TBI tribe on Facebook and also register for our March 16th Brain Injury Awareness Day virtual event at facesoftbi.com slash event. Thank you all for listening and thank you for being a part of my journey. Have a great day, everyone, and I'll see you in the next episode.